Hey, happy Friday, everybody. It's time for Hollywood Breaks. It's so good to be with you again. We took a break last week from, for Thanksgiving, so it's good to be back. And Keith, I'm super excited about this week because one of our predictions that we had just a few months ago has come true with uh, HBO Max, but I'm going to leave that for later. Let's just start with hello and welcome to Friday. We'll get to the, the juicy stuff in a little bit. Yeah, well, welcome. Yeah, it's great to be back with you after a week off. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. I did have a good Thanksgiving. I actually went to Los Angeles, so I get some of that Hollywood um, mojo into my you body. Traveled? Yes. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm living. Anthony in Fauci's going to show up at your door. You're going to be in trouble. <laughs> you know what? I, I figure I can quarantine. I've been saying this whole time. I can quarantine at 80 miles an hour down I-5 just fine. So I get my family. That's true. We just stay in this, like in the house or in the car. We're just traveling down there and get back yeah. out of the house over there on the other side. There you go. That's fine. how you do it. But the, the weather was beautiful. The, um, the food was great. So happy Thanksgiving to you too. Hope it was well. Yeah, we were well. I mean, unfortunately, we had to scat. We were going to go up to Maine. Um, and unfortunately, we had to scuttle those plans because um, there was a lot of testing involved to come back. So we just decided to stay here. So it's just the, my, my immediate family in the house. We didn't um, involve any outsiders. So it was a small, intimate Thanksgiving. Sure. Plus, if you went to Maine, you would have to load up all those movie posters to bring with you. So you had a movie poster behind you. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. I would have. I would have. I would have had to br bring a couple couple for sure. Yeah. Right. How would I do that? Speaking of which, I see the Logan poster behind your shoulder. Yes. Uh, the uh, Very cool image. Um, this movie I actually worked on a little bit before I left Fox. Um, and uh, this, this beautiful piece of art was done by Gravelis, Kenny Gravelis, who is a phenomenal um, artist when it comes to uh, movie posters. And this was him, his, his image. Um, and I think it, it encapsulates the movie quite well and it's really cool. And um, I made sure to put in my request before I left that whenever the key art was done, I wanted to copy him. Luckily, my request was honored. So that's wonderful. I'm able to bring it to you all today. <laughs> you know what? I as you uh, get near the end of your reserve of movie posters in like three years, Tim, it's not going to happen. <laughs> we can. Uh, we might be able to reach out to some of the uh, these artists and see if we can get uh, updates on some of their latest work. Though we might be able yeah. to add to your. I mean, I have literally six poster tubes in my closet full of posters. So that's that to give you a sense of how. Yeah, how many cool. we're gonna? How many? How many episodes we're gonna need to do before we get through? Yeah. It all? Do you have to iron <laughs> them out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're all full of posters. I'm telling you. I, uh, I mean, like ten years of collecting movie posters. I mean, I'll come on. I'll send you some of mine before uh, before you run okay. out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. All right. Well, let me. Uh, before actually, we dive into the juicy stuff with HBO Max because um, again, I swear we predicted this, and here it goes. And indeed, it is juicy. I will say happening. that for sure. I have to, before we go, I have to make fun of Discovery Plus. I mean, honestly, that is, that's the breakthrough brand. They're going to add a plus to the end of it. Well, that's the go, that's the thing now. It's like, you know, you just throw a plus on it. I mean, or Max. Yeah, or Max. That's all you can do. I mean, that's apparently what the, what the, the going thing is. Like, I think it, it's a little, not like, it showcases a little lack of creativity personally, but What's um, the marketing department doing? I mean, they have the word discovery to work with. They could, you know what I mean? Like they could, they could do so many great things with that word. It's just, it's probably fear going far from the brain. Yeah. You can look at some of the challenges like Peacock had launching. If you just stick to the, and everyone looks at Disney plus, 
and they're the gold standard now. And they knocked it out of the park as far as their launch goes. So everyone's like, whoa, look what Disney did. So we're just going to throw a plus on ours. We don't want to, we don't want to disturb the brand. And interesting, <laughs> if you look at the logo of Discovery Plus, it's very not Discovery. I mean, it's, I think it's a little colorful. And so it doesn't look like the Discovery brand, which is the giant globe with the D around it. And yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't a part of any of those conversations, although I'd be curious to be a fly in the wall during sort of the discovery phase. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, if it works, uh, this program is going to be called RevThink Plus instead of... Uh, ah! <laughs> Please God, no. <laughs> <laughs> we could, we could, you could but, do like a, a, a riff version where we do like a, a special episode where we do a, a RevThink Plus. Brought to you by RevThink Plus. Right. The new OTT service. That's right. This is it. All the OTT all the time. Well, it well I will say, apparently they're going to have quite a, a library to launch with. So, yeah. I mean, I want to say like, the most idea, like they're just of... producing, it's like they're just producing shows for Discovery Plus, almost skipping yeah. the cable marketplace. Completely. And a lot of them, and a lot of them are more like reality TV based. So the budgets are lower and they can turn them around quicker. Um, so apparently they have a, a, quite a library to launch with and some of the most original shows out of any of their streamers. So, and they've got, you know, loyal followers. M you know, my wife loves watching, you know, most of those shows and, um, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines are very popular and I know a lot of their shows are going to be there too. So I, I, I think they're going to, they're going to do fairly well when they actually launch and they're, I've, uh, from what I understand, they're uh, mimicking pricing models similar to Peacock where you can have like, it's like a four ninety nine with commercial 699 premium with no commercials. Um, so they give you the option. I don't know if there'll be a free version like Peacock, but um, it'll be interesting to see how they do. I mean, you know, another, they, another player enters the field and let's see how many, you'll, I think you'll start to see some uh, churn in terms of how many um, services people are willing to hold at any given time. Yeah, I, um, yeah, it's interesting because again, it, it always comes back to um, that what to watch issue, like to just add more stuff into that that marketplace and the na navigation tools really aren't helping that. Um, but I was gonna say Discovery, this isn't anything new for Discovery. They've been doing online uh, distribution for years. I know on the side, I own a, a zipline company, ziplinegear.com, if you wanna get Christmas <laughs> present for your kids. Um, but we we provide zip lines for some HGTV shows, um, Treehouse Masters and such, and they, you know, honestly pushed online as much as they pushed, um, you know, a, a broadcast for many years. So I'm going to guess some of that practice is going to fit really well into their OTT strategy and distribution because they've had a practice of low end, low budget uh, content, uh, straight straight to consumer without having to use the cable. So mm -hmm. pretty exciting. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it's another player in the field, and you know, we have Paramount Plus, Paramount, Paramount Plus, um, on, yeah. on deck too. So, well, who knows? I mean, it's, uh, it's just Paramount Plus. So, Droga Five—that's what they came up with. Like, you Apparently. know, what we'll add a plus. <laughs> it's almost like voting for like prom queen and king. It's like, well, it's popular, so therefore, let's vote for the popular plus sign. Yeah. <laughs> No offense yeah. to anyone, Droga Five. I don't want to get our, you know, get a bunch of hate mail. On yeah, us. don't get in trouble, Tim. They're going to hunt you down. They're probably listening. Yeah. Right You're in trouble. <laughs> there, I'll never be the Droga Six. I'll never be the sixth one. Yeah, uh, you're not going to be the sixth man of the Droga Five team. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, let's talk about the big stuff here. Yep. Um, HBO Max becomes the primary distribution for Warner Media. Clearly, the stuff that we saw early on in the year for HBO Max 
just couldn't even get out of the gate. It was a big cluster. We saw that big shakeup. Um, finally, they kind of they put their money where their mouth is and said, we're going to go straight distribution on HBO. Really, you called this, Keith. You really did. Because when they shook up that whole um, thing with HBO Max, you could tell that they were prioritizing and the importance of HBO Max as the brand and making sure it was going to get what they wanted to. And they put the theatrical people up there as uh, primary marketing holders. And it happened. You totally called it. Boom goes the max, man. Boom goes the max. Uh, yeah, it, it is quite a seismic decision in the industry as a whole. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see some some of the results of all of this. Um, it's definitely a blow to the exhibitors for sure. Uh, I think there are a lot of factors that went into this decision. Um, I think the fact that Jason Kalar comes from sort of that tech background and tech is you know all about failing quickly. Um, so I think he just was like, you know what, this is what we're doing. It's just, you know, he just basically made the decision. I think he got the support of John Stanky at AT&T because they need their stock to start bouncing up because they have a truckload of debt from all the purchases they've made over the last few years, they've got to bring down. And what does wall street love right now? Streaming. They yeah. love streaming and yeah. HBO max just didn't have the launch that it needed to. And I think this is their way of trying to goose um, some viewers to get on, on, on the platform. And, you know, listen, for, as us, for consumers, it's great. I mean, we get an entire slate of really big films for free. I mean, if, I mean, most people, I'm an HBO Max subscriber. I'm going to be able to watch all these from the comfort of my own home, not have to worry about getting a babysitter for my kids. And um, the flip side of it, though, is look at the AMCs and the Regals of the world. Like, this is a huge blow for them. Um, an entire year of some like Matrix 4, which was definitely going to have some buzz behind it. King Kong versus Godzilla. There are a lot of titles that they have coming out that were definitely going to potentially bring butts back to the theaters. But I think Warner Media was just like, you know what? We just we can't play this game where we, you know, hem and haw about whether or not we're going to release it. And I also think this is clearly a sign that Tenet was, as we've guessed, a failure. Yeah. So yeah. they just couldn't risk another tenant on their hands. So they were like, we just need to get it all out as quickly as possible. I will, the one last point I'll make, and then I'll shut up. Hug <laughs> so all the air. What you're here for, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I would not want to be on the Warner Brothers side today. I wouldn't want to be Toby Emmerich or Carolyn Blackwood or any of those guys taking the calls from producers, directors, talent, all who are, I'm, almost positive, quite furious about this. Um, it seems to me, just reading between the lines, there wasn't a lot of communication mm. um, from Warner Media to talent, to the work people who worked on the film. And for a lot of some of these directors, like that's their dream to get the movie in theaters, to be seen on the brink. That's still gonna be a possibility, but to imagine that if it's on HBO Max for 31 days and while it's in theaters at the same time, you gotta imagine that most people are gonna watch it from home. And I think that's going to be a big thing. And, you know, as we've talked about, this business is based a lot on relationships. And I think Warner Brothers in particular is going to have a lot of work to do in the next few months in terms of rebuilding a lot of relationships 
oh, in yeah. Hollywood after this, after this, you know, huge decision. I, I almost wish we had Robin on because I'm sure she can give us some of that creative um, angles, insight on that, what this does to change. Because, you know, a lot of people are building their creative careers based on these deals, mm-hmm. leverage, and even, even the movies that they put on their slate years ago. And some of that really has like an appeal when it's a theatrical distribution. When it goes straight to video, I'm not going to say that this is exactly straight to video, but it sure does feel like it. Straight yeah. to video, you know, you don't get the the same um, like uh, metrics of of gain, box office dollars, those kind of traditional ways of of monitoring and, and knowing success. Yeah. We're not going to have that that at all for this slate of of films. Um, but uh, going back to the uh, distribution issues, and exhibitor issues, I do think this also just kind of um, makes clear that. Uh, Warner Brothers specifically now is saying, we don't think theaters are going to actually open in 2021. We're going to deal with another year of kind of um, BS, not having people in the seats and shutdowns and so on. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely, I think this decision definitely showcases that they believe that this next year is just going to basically be a wash as far mm-hmm. as theatrical movie going is concerned. I mean, everyone's excited. There's a vaccine. It's on the cusp of approval. It was just approved in the UK, but as someone put it out to me not too long ago, there's a difference between vaccines and vaccinations. So how many people are actually going to get the vaccine? Um, and once they have it, how confident are they going to be that other people have it, that they're going to be comfortable enough going to a theater in a crowded room with a bunch of other people? Um, that, that remains to be seen. And, you know, I, with a lot of these titles disappearing, I think a lot of the other studios are going to start taking a look, Disney in particular, are going to start taking a look about where they think they're going to be and they might start pushing more titles on Disney+. Plus. Um, I will say Universal seems to be the only studio at this point who's really engaging with the exhibitors to try to figure out a plan to make sure they make it through 2021. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I applaud them for that. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's definitely going to be a rough go. I think 2021 is going to be as rocky, if not more so, than 2020 was. Yeah, I, uh, I will say like, it's obviously coming to, to a head that way. And I'll say as a, as a businessman, as an investor, there's probably something really smart about Warner Brothers kind of just recognizing and saying, hey, we got to stay in business. We got to have our priorities first. Um, we recognize there are some short-term hits here, but the long-term of staying viable as a business and staying in the movie industry, yeah. this is what's going on. It's not their fault that the world is being crazy about the COVID uh, virus and they're going to stay in business and do it. So. Listen, I, I think, I mean, Rob and I, when we when she was on, we talked a little bit about the sort of the slow pace, the snail nature of the industry and how sometimes it just takes forever to make just tough decisions. So I applaud Warner Media for making this decision and just saying, this is what we have to do. This is what we need to do to remain a viable business. If it, in the end it pays off, it'll look like the most genius move um, since the days of the old, star, old movie mobiles. So you know, that's definitely something that I think we have to keep in consideration. This could end up being a huge play for them. Now, the argument is going to come from the more traditionalists that they're leaving a lot of money on the table because of the potential to make a ton of money theatrically. Um, But you can't delay release for another, you know, another year. You can't just pushing off the releases. Now, another thing that just popped into my head is let's talk about Sony. Sony made the bet that 2020 was going to be a wash and they pushed everything to 2021. Now it looks like we're probably looking at at least until end of summer, beginning of fall before everyone's everything starts to return to normal. If everything in the terms of the vaccination and the distributions go 
according to plan, which there'll probably be hiccups for sure. So we're looking at fall probably before everything, like theaters are really, everything's back to normal, everything's open. And that's an, that's that's most of the year. So what's yeah. Sony going to do now? So I and think the, and the trying to figure out films, because they have these films to release, then they have yeah. other deals in place, and it's really yeah. going to we're going to see some kind of trickle down effect of what it means to shut down the production, not only um, from the distribution side, but you play it out for for a year or two years, and it's going to be hard to get some upstarts going, as we now know. Then too. Some of the bigger players in OTT, Amazon, Netflix, whatever, those guys are going to basically be able to take over. And yeah. we're going to see a shift in the industry that way. So yeah, the, the big players can be moving, shaking, and even falling. Um, of course, Disney, Disney is not, is kind of playing the game and playing it well. They, of course, you know, hedged their bets for so many years, um, done this stuff. But um, there's rumors now that there's even going to be some more additional um, shifts and changes in the leadership there. I'm, I'm guessing it's because next week is um, the investor day. So mm-hmm. they're playing well and putting some good marks on the on the horizon that the investors know that they're playing the games, playing it well. But tell us what you've heard uh, with your ear to the ground of what that reorganization might feel like and, and who do you think is going to be the top? Uh, well, I, I think I think what, what we saw this week is so, you know, they've broken the divisions into these content creators, basically. And Peter Rice has sort of done his reorg. Dana Walden did her reorg this week. <clears throat> and there were significant layoffs, at least from Walden's, uh, Dana Walden's division because she combined some divisions. So one wonders if you know the studio side, be it Walt Disney Studios, Marvel, Lucasfilm, all those divisions, whether or not that's the next piece where the next reorg is gonna happen. Um, I don't really have any insight to say for sure of what it's gonna look like because I, I don't know for sure. Um, I mean, obviously that leadership has been wildly successful pre-pandemic. So I don't know if there's gonna be a lot of changes. Um, I will say that I've reached out to some of my Disney, uh, for, you know, some of colleagues at Disney and asked them if they'd be interested to come talk about some of the, you know, the uh, things going on in the business and they, were a little, they weren't comfortable. Oh, really? um, so I think that showcases there's definitely some, um, some worry in a lot of ways sure. um, on what's happening there and, un- and uncertainty. Um, Disney announced that they're going to lay off um, another 34,000, well, a total of 34,000 employees as of March. Um, so they've already announced the 28,000. So there's an additional six coming. Now they said most of those are going to be in the parks division, but you have to, you know, there's going to be some in the studio and it looks, you know, they just, this week. Well, there's... if your if your buddies are kind of giving us early warning signs of like, hey, they don't want to come be on the show and talk about things, there must be some sense that the freedom within the walls or the security within the walls aren't really there and they have to yeah. kind of play. You know, um, the with these layoffs, do you think um, that the Fox folks are the ones that are most concerned? Because if I remember right from the things you've said, like, the, the, a lot of Fox contracts really were just carried over. They weren't really ne- really negotiated. So right. there's probably a lot of people wondering, you know, at they're coming to terms mm-hmm. on their contract. And yeah, so, you know, just to give the viewers a little background in story, typically how studio contracts work is you, you assign uh, a, it's a four-year contract, but it's a two-year, two-year guarantee with a two-year option. So what that means is when you sign your deal, you're guaranteed two years of employment. And then the studio has the option to pick up the additional two years. 
Um, so what happened with a lot of people who were at Fox and there have been layoffs where some of the Fox people were ultimately let go, what they would basically did is they just carried over a lot of them. They didn't renegotiate their contracts. They didn't um, re-up them. They just basically said, okay, we're gonna bring you over to the Disney side, but your contract's gonna remain the same. Now what's happening is a lot of those contracts are coming up. So they've, they've already, their options have already been exercised. So they've been picked up, but now the four years is up and some of them are just being let go. Gosh, what not a, your contract. What a constraint. I, as far as I know, you're, they're not obligated to give you any sort of severance because your contract's just up. Yeah, right. So that saves End them money in there. So it's not technically a layoff or um, a buyout. It's just uh, the contract expires and they're finished with it. And that might have been some of the timing that they chose in bringing people on and holding them. It was uh, to get some work out of people. They have to pay them anyway, get the work out mm -hmm. of people, and then just let it expire. Mm -hmm. And uh, coming to this December... Uh, deadline this yeah I, I you know as a contract player as you know like there you're always have nerves around your contracts mm -hmm. um, wondering what the deal is going to be updating them kind of making sure that you're have some security I'm going to guess that's going to have some effect on the players inside you know just like how bold they want to be what kind of risk they want to take so you have risk adverse people in a risk adverse uh, environment who are not going to be pushing the creative envelope in any way. Uh, we yeah. might see a little blah kind of output or a little. Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, you know, just from the folks that I've talked to over the last few months, it's, it's really brutal out there right now. It's in the industry itself. It's just brutal. It's just every week there's more news of layoffs and there's only so many jobs that the streamers to go around and, you know, everyone's wondering like wh where where does this end and listen the studios were always bloated they were always had more people than they really needed but the cash was flowing in it just did they never felt the need to really i mean they trimmed along the edges yeah um but i think a lot of you know like what we're seeing is just changes that were just put off and put off and put off and the pandemic has just sort of forced the decisions to finally be made and some very hard choices are going to have to be made over the course of the next few months and you know, as you know, I've been talking about, I really don't see how, if you're gonna have a content creating operation, how they control marketing too. That doesn't make any sense. That's not a cost savings at all. So, you know, there's probably gonna be more consolation in terms of the marketing side as we've been talking about. Um, what happens to the distribution guys? All those guys that have relationships with the exhibitors, who knows what, what exhibitors are gonna be existing in six, seven months. Well, that's almost my concern is, is that if you're, if you're out there headhunting and trying to figure out where you're going to do savings and you don't look at distribution and ex exhibition taking place for another 12 months, you might be pretty short-sighted and get rid of some key players in that the high, high price key players in that field. And then when it comes back, it's going to be a, a slow growth coming back into that field yeah. too. Um, yeah. Or just lean heavier and heavier on OTT and it changes what distribution really means or sorry, exhibition really means in the future. Yeah. Um, as we're, as I'm getting put a bookmark on this, we're predicting that exhibition is going to be different from early on when we started doing this, um, this live stream, you know, we recognized that the Paramount decree, when that thing was removed, it was a play for studios to do something different with exhibition and Disney, Disney and possibly Warner brothers are playing that game. They're actually pulling out possibly you know strategically doing some damage to exhibition so they have a stronger field to play with when they want to do some acquisition themselves in the future 
it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But the, the big money guys and the Wall Street players are definitely doing that. Or Universal is playing on the other side and, and making sure that those the current exhibitors are their friends. Yeah, I mean, I think they're 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 playing the bet that they they think exhibition is going to come back in some form. And let's not forget, Universal is also the other company aside from Disney that owns parks, so they have that deep depth of experience in terms of creating a very welcoming customer experience which I think is gonna come into play when we start looking about dra- you know, bringing people back into the theaters. It's gonna have to be more than just the movie. You can't just say so-and-so movie's gonna be in your local theater, go see it. You're gonna need to do more to entice people back because it's gonna be, have been so long since they were in a theater. Um, they're not gonna necessarily be jumping, over, jumping head over heels to go back to the same experience that they had pre-pandemic. So there's definitely going to be an opportunity for some real, real reinvention from sort of the exhibition side, much like there was in the last pandemic and during the Spanish flu, there was a reinvention in terms of the movie industry then too. And that's when I believe the studios started buying theaters. Um, So we could see the same thing now, like where studios start buying theaters again and owning the experience from script to screen, if you will. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, we'll see how it all well, it's so interesting out. because digitally that's what's happening. That's what OTT is, is that there is no middle player between the studio right. and the viewer, right? Because the, the Disney plus environment, uh, for example, or say Discovery plus environment, whatever plus environment you want to be on. Yeah. They're owning the content creation, <clears throat> distribution and exhibition. You know, everything short of, you know, installing the sound system in your house is owned by them. And yeah. to do that in the physical form too. Um, yeah, there, we're looking at a, a, you know, a new type of monopoly, you know, hidden and mm-hmm. different way of, of monopolizing. Um, but clearly there's enough players out there with cash that, that it'll fight for a little while. Um, all right, well, before we wrap up this episode, we should say, officially say goodbye to this short-lived, short-form, short-life um, little OTT scene called Quibbly. Quibbly officially closes shops. As we close this episode, we, we should yeah. have music of like, shananana, goodbye. Like we should just be like, bye Quibby. Thanks for yeah. the, no Nice message. try. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you, you, there's not much to say. Um, it was a wild risk. Um, I, I honestly don't believe the pandemic is solely to blame. I don't think the idea of 10 minute shows was ever viable um, on a small screen, um, unless you're gonna do something like a TikTok where it's quick and you know you can watch yeah. it and move on. Um, so I don't really think that the format itself was ever gonna be a success. Um, I mean, that's easy to say now. Yeah, I was gonna say like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying- oh, I'm like, totally not, I was right. <laughs> hey, look at me, I was smart. Um, you know, hindsight's always 2020. I think they always had an uphill battle. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's just one of those things where it just didn't work and hopefully inspires some sort of new form that we can, you know, look to in the future. So, so as a, a person that studies career, though, I'm, I'm curious, and I'm just going to throw out there, I don't want to begin, we get frustrated or whatever, but I almost wonder, like, is this the end of the Katzenberg era also? Like his his knowledge, his understanding, his influence, you know, because uh, no, I mean, I don't, I, you know, listen, I, I don't know what he's going to do next. I mean, he's, 
he's obscenely wealthy, so he'll do yeah, something. Sure. Um, but does his name I, mean anything anymore? Like, no, I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I think this is going to, it's definitely a blow to sort of like if Jeffrey Katzenberg walks in the room. I mean, 10 years ago, he walked in the room, the room stopped. Um, yeah. Now, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen as much um, because of this. Because, and, you know, DreamWorks Animation had a very uneven tenure under his watch. So I think he's had two back-to-back -back sort of experiences that sort of make you wonder whether or not he really is still at the forefront uh, of the industry as a whole. Um, and, you know, listen, I, I, as a sort of Gen Xer who's been begging these baby boomers to get the hell out of the way and let some new leadership come into the studios, this doesn't necessarily break my heart. I'll be yeah. honest. Like, I think it's time that these guys, I mean, they've had wonderful, great runs, but they need to get the hell off the seat and let some other people take over. Well, the, uh, there's this uh, apocryphal story of uh, a Steve Jobs, Jeffrey Kapsenberg um, conversation when back in the day where Jobs was simply just trying to sell a computer and an operating system to, uh, to any, any animation company he could. Uh, it was created by the Pixar group, but he was just selling the computer and software. And uh, Katzenberg had told Steve Jobs, uh, hey, listen, no one does animation unless I say they do animation. And uh, it wasn't soon after that that Toy Story was launched and Katzenberg was out at Disney. Um, just, you know, 20 years later, here we have Disney, you have Apple Plus. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> we have Apple Plus like still haunting Katzenberg who's trying to get back into the game of like, listen, when I say something happens, like Jeffrey, I, I think your days are done, man. I think the, that era is finished. And uh, there are new players. Great run. He's got a great. He's got a great wall of trophies to look at and be proud of. But at the same time, it's like, at a certain time, it's time to step aside and let the next the next group take take the wheel. Yeah, and which uh, our industry is very brutal to people um, in in career, especially when it comes to uh, how long you can be viable and last. So those who do do have a long run is great. I think I think the key is to always remember no matter where you are, the seat you're sitting in, you're just renting it. You're not owning it. You're going to get booted at some point. Yeah. So you either go out on a high or you go out on a low. So it's up to you just as long as you accept the fact that you're not going to be in that seat forever. Which is why I have my day job at RevFink because I, I'm <laughs> a great entrepreneur to recognize the, <laughs> the power of the seat they're sitting in and the importance of taking care of it while they're there. Yep, exactly. All right, my friend. Well, happy Friday to you. Thanks again for coming together and pulling this for us. Um, I always yeah, appreciate great to be back. Nights. And your friends at Disney, you know, blessings to them. Hopefully it doesn't, it does end well. For yeah, them. I, I mean, I hope so. I hope everybody gets to, I mean, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be in a job hunt in this market. Let me tell you, it's yeah. just not, not enjoyable. So I hope they're able to hold on uh, a little while longer until things start to, to heat up again. And then next week will be the day after the Disney uh, Investor Day. So yes, December uh, 10th is Investor Day. So we'll have a lot more information on how this new division that they created, which left a lot of unanswered questions, hopefully they'll all be answered. And then Robin, if you're out there, we're going to hunt you down and we want to hear some of what you think of some of this Disney stuff. So we'll get you back on the show. Yep, for sure. As always, Lydia, thank you for your help and the Go Social team. I hope you are all doing well and on the east side of the world and taking care of things. We appreciate you so much. And um, as always, thank you for watching. Um, we at RevThink, Keith, myself, Hollywood Breaks, uh, we appreciate you being part of what we're doing. If you like what you see, you want to have information, please feel free to reach out to us in our comments. Hit us out directly with, with, with a direct message. 
uh, subscribe to our channel. You know what the game. Just do whatever it takes to get a hold of us because uh, we're in this for you and you're in this for us. So uh, let's do this together. Um, until next Friday, we'll see you later and take care. And see. Ha, ha, ha.